Hello? Hello? I'm rolling. All I'm right. rolling. Me too. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi. <sighs> Gift of the Magi. Oh, Jesus. How did that happen? Well, I don't here's, know. Here's, here's the thing. I think in any other show in which we had happened to have lists that worked out that way, I wouldn't have been able to make that reference. But because it happened to be our Christmas show, mm-hmm. the comparison worked beautifully. It did. Yes. And boy, did you lose it. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, well, when I laugh the most, I think, on this show when you laugh big. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, and, well, that's, that's usually just what whenever triggers we, it. But whenever yeah, we record, yeah. yeah, that's normally... One, once one of us starts laughing, it generally leads the it's other hard one to for a the other one to. It's, it's escalating laughter. Yes, yes it is. <sighs> My. Anyway, hi everybody. For those of you listening... Um, it's this the is... J.D. Hansel Show, <laughs> yeah, starring just... J.D. Hansel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the idea. We're just kind of picking up where we left off, because we just finished recording the Muppet Fansite Family Christmas show not long ago, just like a couple minutes ago. Um, a very Hansel Christmas. A very Hansel Christmas. Unless that's what this is. I don't know. Ooh. Technically, this is supposed to be an episode of Let's Talk. What are we talking I mean, we are talking, but what are we... We're talking. ...talking about? Uh, Christmas still. Oh, okay. So talk to each other. Talk to each other. Talk to your family, mother, father, sister, brother. For when you are talking and listening to, then people will listen and talk to you. Talk, listen, talk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a very Hansel Christmas, J.T. Hanks Labelle's Holiday Spectacular, with special guest host Steve Swanson, and special guest appearances by Miss Piggy, Julie Andrews, Michael Bublé, Mariah Carey, George Michael, Morgan Freeman, The Carpenters, Paul McCartney, Leslie Uggams, John Denver, Steve Martin, Tony Bennett, The Eagles, Bob Hope, The Stars of Star Wars, Andy Williams, The Carpenters, Kiwi Herman, Richard Pryor, The Weather Girls, The B-52s, Jack the Ripper, Sherlock Holmes' smarter brother, The Butcher, The Baker, and The Candlestick Maker, Paul Williams, Annette Funicello, Rita Moreno, Madeline Kahn, Genghis Khan, Star Trek's Khan, The Carpenters, Liberace, John Cleese, Henry Kissinger, Mork and Mindy, the entire 1970s, and Disney Pixar's Peter Cushing. Now here's your host, J.D. Hansel. Yeah. Well. Well, because there are a lot of Christmassy things that I like, and I just focused on the Muppety ones, so I thought I could talk a little bit about some of the other things, too. Because, again, I'm I'm thinking of that uh, really fun Dylan Gale Christmas special that I liked so much. I like the idea of just listening to some of our favorite Christmassy things. Okay. We can do that. I mean, did you have... Did, well, you had brought up an interesting point, which is... The fact that there is other, more personal stuff to talk about with Christmas, because I think it's sort of a different Christmas experience for us, uh, for each of us, than it would have been years ago. Partly what, because, now? Uh, yeah, now. Like, well, well oh, what are your sure. what are your Christmas plans this year? Uh, so my Christmas plans involve me driving to Arizona from here in California. It's about a four-hour drive out to my parents' place, uh, so... I'm going to be celebrating Christmas with them. 
and I have two younger twin brothers, uh, one of whom lives also in Arizona near my parents, and the other one who lives back in Columbus, Ohio, where I used to live. So uh, this Christmas, I'll be over there, and so will my Arizona brother, and uh, the Columbus brother will still be back in Columbus, but my parents are going to visit him before Christmas to kind of cover their bases there as, as grandparents and all that. So so that's okay, my so Christmas, and I'll probably be there be, all through New Year's. This probably won't be very different for you then. I was thinking it would be different spending Christmas in California, but you're not, so that's, well, now, that's cool. It is different. Uh, it's already different. The season is different right. um, because I'm used to it being uh, a lot colder, first of all. And I know it's it might seem simplistic just to say, oh, the weather's different, but it is. Um, and it makes everything a little different because yeah. I'm used to seeing a little bit of snow on the ground. I'm used to not going out a whole lot because it's really cold and there's just not a whole lot going on in Ohio, at least. Uh, I mean, there are things, but again, here there are a thousand things happening every day that you could go and be a part of. And that's still true in you know the middle of December. So that's kind of different. Uh, I am going out and visiting friends at Disneyland and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's fun just being in the parks and kind of experiencing Christmas as Disney does it and having access to that all the time. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to see a couple shows and things like that. But apart from that, um, just kind of enjoying how different life is out here still and getting to see that through the perspective of Christmas now. Right, right, yeah. I think what you had brought up when we were texting and talking about the possibility of doing a Christmas show that wasn't just Muppet-focused, um, you mentioned the fact that my religious views are different from years ago. Yeah, if we're going to go... Yeah, um, I'm curious... I'm really more curious about you because this is your first Christmas um, as, you know... I, I don't know how else you say it, but as coming out as an atheist. Uh, right. <laughs> so what... Uh, changes do you, are you seeing and how are you feeling different about this or is this you know you've always kind just, of felt this way and now you're just more open about it or what's I, I i just don't know i mean certainly with my change in religious views this is something that's sort of been a very gradual thing and it's been i think it's been over a year at this point that i have considered myself uh essentially an atheist it's just that i haven't been particularly open about it until until my birthday um, which was in May, but even still, I'm actually not open about it with my younger siblings. Um, I have a lot of them, and they like to bother me. And make you fun do of have me a large family, difficult. yeah. I do have a large family. Because I didn't realize that until I started seeing more pictures. I'm like, wow, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, that's true. I am the oldest of five children, um, and so there are seven of us in the family, including my parents, and then we've also got two cats and a dog. Um, so, and I don't think we have any hermit crabs right now. I think they've all died, but I didn't really keep track of them. They you know, the hermit crabs were just kind of sometimes there, sometimes not. Sometimes we'd have two, sometimes they'd be dead. Sometimes one would seem to come back from the dead. Sometimes they'd so, be dead. Other times they'd be alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is when you have a bunch of hermit crabs that you don't keep track of much. It, it, they're really like that. They're I'm not weird, sure if you're joking right now. Do you guys really have a multitude of hermit crabs or are you just At being one silly? point we did. At one point we really did. At this point, I think we've run out of them. Um, for a while... <laughs> Well, it's true because we I'm out of crabs. We have had this. 
we've had this little cage for hermit crabs because years ago we got a bunch of them at the beach and then they kept dying so we just kept buying new ones to put in the thing and at this point i think we've stopped buying new ones so i think they've all died out as um, long as i've known you i've never known this okay well because i was never involved in the process it was always my younger siblings and my mother who managed them for a while though we had a mouse which was odd because we also had the two cats and a dog at that time. Yeah. So it's like we had the whole setup for a Tom and Jerry cartoon you right really there did. in our yeah. house. And we never we never really let them loose. Um, That's smart. The, yeah. The, well, the dog and the cats do interact, but that, that this has been very slow because we've had the dog for a couple of years now. And I'm not an animal person. So to me, they're all just kind of annoying. Um, but it is interesting when they interact because the cats don't exactly love each other yeah most cats don't yeah they're not they're not usually crazy they play together sometimes no. but cats are jerks yes that's a that's a true fact cats are um dogs are a bit different i think in a number of ways but this dog first had an aggressive attitude towards the cats so they would hide upstairs away in a bedroom and keep away from the dog for a while they were scared but eventually something happened when the younger cat, who's very small, and our dog is not particularly small, um, she's, she's a medium-sized dog, the younger cat apparently got cornered by the dog, her name's Kelly by the way, the dog, so, she, so Kelly came, cornered the little cat Michaela, she scratched the dog's nose and got away, and it apparently really hurt Kelly. Um, so she hasn't had any, at least not many more interactions with the cat. If she has, I think they've gone about the same way. At this point, Michaela's learned that she can scare the crap out of Kelly. So Kelly, this, you know, significantly larger dog is now this afraid of all the cats twister. and always keeps away from them. Um, pretty much all the time. They always stay apart and stay out of each other's way. So they don't get along, but they don't fight because the, the, they see each other and just go in opposite directions. So that's been interesting. So that's the probably the simplest conflict in our family right now. And okay, then hold on. above so that like, is the fact on. that so, the rest of us don't get along. So Kelly cornered Michaela and scratched okay. the nose, which scared the crap out of Kelly. What am I? What am I missing? There, there's a good tongue twister in here somewhere. I don't know, um, but yeah, we're we're an interesting family because we're all very different people and very. Um, I wouldn't say intense. You are all very uh, different. Do you have a theme song? We don't have a theme song yet. Hmm. Um, I feel one coming on. I don't know. Yeah, well, we wouldn't make a great sitcom, I don't think. I'm not sure about that. But we don't have to have the show. I just, we just need just the, the theme song. Yeah. The you need yeah. me to write one? The Hansels. Yeah, I think so. Go okay. do that. That's your assignment. Write That's a theme song for your family. I thought you were the... <laughs> You have more songwriting experience and more experience with how music works than I do. So yeah, how come write, I end up writing all the songs? Because you write funnier songs than I do. Have you ever tried to write a comedy song? Yeah, and they're not very funny. Yeah. Well, I well you weren't wild about my pathetic song. Um, no, because it wasn't funny. Song, but it, well, that was it, to me. It's funny. You want to jump off a building? <laughs> That's what's fun. Anyway, most of that uh, project. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, for those of you listeners who aren't in the know, Steve and I 
tried to put together a little musical project that I was going to write some songs for, and uh, we've shelved it for a while because I thought the songs were funny, he found them kind of depressing. So, so that's that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so with my family, I don't really want the younger kids to be bugging me about the fact that I don't believe the same things that they do anymore. So I don't talk to them about it. Okay, And the, right the extent to which they know um, that I am an atheist, I'm really not sure. Well, I mean, if they listen to this, right? They don't listen um, to my podcast, so that's oh, okay. Nice. Well, then that's that's fortunate. Then, yeah, it's good that yeah. the people you love don't support you. Exactly. Well, with with my parents, it's different. Um, oh, I know, I know. With with my Hi, family Marty. members who are technologically inclined, mm-hmm. they very often like to listen. Okay. Um, though those who are not have no idea what a podcast is, and so don't know why I've wasted so much of my life on it. That's because nobody knows what a podcast is, right? That's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's no still the first question that every podcaster learns how to answer is, what's a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Pre-recorded radio show made for the web. Yeah, but then how do I listen to a podcast? What station do I turn to? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it right. is annoying. What are we doing here, um, by the way, JD? Yeah, what are we doing? Well, uh, first, I just thought we could kind of chat for a bit. Um, and we Have we started? Chatting. Is this the show? Yeah, this is a show. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't know if we were it started yet or, or not. I mean, it's fine yeah. if we have. But, yeah, I okay. played the theme song and everything. This is the show. Huh. Okay. Well, I wanted to do sort of a backstage podcast kind of thing, because you said that you were going to have me on the backstage podcast, and this then This isn't even didn't. the backstage. This is the green room. This isn't even backstage. That's true. This is... Have we made it to the stage door yet? <laughs> Are we still in the taxi? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying that nothing I've said has been interesting at No, all. nothing has been good yet. <laughs> Do you mean that sincerely, or are no, you just I'm, just... I'm just messing with you. Okay, good. I was okay. concerned there that I would have to throw out every... I can edit a lot of that down. No, That's you shouldn't. Fine. Sometimes, folks, this goes a little too far, and this is just... One. Okay, anyways, what are we, we going to do? Yeah. Just to wrap up on that point, um, it, it, it is interesting for me... That, I mean, since we are behind the scenes, it is interesting for me that I still do like a lot of the religious Christmas songs. Hallelujah, I mean, I just can't really shake my attachment to them, and I don't know that I have any plans to. It's it's odd how this time of year is when I can sort of separate my, my thoughts and feelings about the concepts involved and the story that's being told from uh, the tradition, and I can just sort of enjoy the traditional aspect of it. See, all. there you go. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not sure that that's true. I'm really kind of thinking this over and thinking how much I approve of my own uh, behavior here. I don't really know. But if you want to bring this to a lighter note, and Steve, I gather you do, then we can talk about some of our favorite Christmas things. Hey, let's do that. There's a good idea. (laughs) So you can tell that, listeners, you can tell that Steve is far more comfortable whenever we're talking about a subject that allows him to go, hey, at any (laughs) given moment, and it feels perfectly natural. It's just fun. It's a good that's move to do, you know? That's true. Uh, you know, I've been spending so much time listening to our older recordings, and yet I have never thought to put together a compilation of all the times when Steve just goes, Hey! Well, that wouldn't like, be interesting. It'd be the same thing over and over and over again. But I would be curious about how many times you could do it. Like, I wonder, do we... How many times... How many haze are the, there? How many haze are there? How many haze? I don't know. It's gotta be hundreds, right? 
probably it, it has to be or hundreds thousands. of haze. Hundreds of haze. I would imagine so. Yeah. There's another t- tongue twister for it us. It is. Yes. Um, so, what do you want to start with? Christmas movies, Christmas specials, Christmas songs. What what tickles your fancy? What's the difference between a special and a Christmas movie? I mean, I guess one of them's on TV and one of them's not. Is that? Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the main thing. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Christmas specials. Them for the, I blurred them together for the Muppet thing, but then yeah, I, I mean it's like the uh, Muppet things. Because I mean, there's there's things that I watch every year mm-hmm. that I mean, there I watch them all on my TV, but like I watch Elf and I watch the Rankin Bass, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and I get one of those as a movie, and one of those was originally just a TV special, but it's all just stuff you watch at Christmas. Okay. Like that, that's the real thing. Is it's all stuff we watch at Christmas. Okay. Well, for me, I'll go ahead and give my top three movies, excluding the specials, just focusing on the, like the feature films awesome. right now. Yeah. And then if you want to give a separate list, you can. If not, if you just want to comment or just without numbering yeah. anything, just spew out stuff you like, that's fine. I'm doing cool. this an organized way, but you can kind of do it however. Um, Gee, how is that a departure from anything we've ever done? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, the nice thing about Let's Talk Muppets is you came prepared with all the quotes ready. Because you watched the show more often than I did, the the actual show on oh, ABC. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would gosh. only watch an episode twice, and you would watch it five times. I would watch every episode of The Muppets on ABC on average five or six times a week before we, before we recorded, yes. That's just amazing to me. I don't know how you found the time to do that, or how you made the time to do that. That's the thing. You make time for the important things in life, J.D., you just like, make time. Like re-watching a show over and over just so you can get... Okay, my top three Christmas movies, excluding the Muppet one. Um, do you have any guesses, Steve? Um, I actually don't. There are so many here that there's no... Like with the Muppet thing, we're talking about a half a dozen possibilities, or a very narrow scope at least. With this, it's like... Uh, you could go literally anywhere with this, so no, I have no and guesses. I'm, I'm going to go everywhere with All this, right. I think, okay. among these three. Um, so in the third spot is a movie that I just recently watched for my first time, which is Bill Murray in Scrooged. You and just watched that? I had never seen it until within <gasps> the past month or so. And I just watched it this morning for like the 20th time in my life. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really fun. It's on it's, HBO it's like, right now, so... Oh, I see. See, it's it's interesting to me because you could do this story so many times in about the same way, and it'll get pretty boring. And somehow this special manages to be, in a sense, very repetitive, because it's the same exact thing we've seen every other time we've seen this story. It's not that far of a deviation from the story. But then with the performances of the characters... I was going to say, yeah. Get, you get... Who is it? I believe it's Carol Kane, not Bernadette Peters. No, it's Carol no, Kane, No, it's, right? it's Carol. Well, first of all, it's Buster Poindexter as the ghost of Christmas past. Well, and yeah. then it's Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present. Yes. And the idea of a ghost of Christmas present, that's just this crazy, cutesy-wootsy, girly fairy princess but she's not. who's bent yeah, on... Yeah, Beating the crap out of him. She's a borderline personality fairy, yeah. She is this perfect duality of cruelty and sweetness all together in the same person. And it's insane. And, yeah, that's sort of how the present usually feels whenever you're living in the moment. And Bill Murray is, I mean, just, it's classic Bill Murray. Yeah, 
he's like, he's fantastic in it. Um, who else was there? Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait as um, sort of the crazy guy that that Bill Murray fires and he comes back and he goes kind of psycho. Mm. He's yeah. perfect because he was still he was still crazy Bob Goldthwait at that point in his career. That's how everyone knew him, not as the brilliant director that you know Bob Goldthwait was a character that that he was playing that kind of like weird talking personality but um yeah just right. everything about yeah. that movie hilarious it works well because there, there were sometimes when i was expecting things to deviate a lot more than they did towards the beginning i was actually expecting that maybe there wouldn't be real ghosts in the literal sense i thought it was going to kind of pull an ever after and not have the real spiritual mystical mm. magical thing going on um, but instead of having real ghosts of Christmas, uh, instead of having like a real ghost of Christmas past, you would just have a figure from the past re-enter into his life. I kind of got that impression. Um, and then the movie didn't do that. It went in a different direction, which was okay. But uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a trade-off because by having the real ghosts, you get these great performances, but oh, then yeah, you're yeah. seeing the same story being told in about the same way. And so it, it's like but it's, 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 Bill a, Murray. it's a trade-off of creativity. Yeah. You trade off one kind of creativity for another kind. And so it still works really well. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, what I like about it is, whereas I kind of mentioned before that A Christmas Carol very often just seems like it's just, it's, it's just this sweet special. Um, when you have a movie like Scrooge that is so, so brutal throughout most of it that's so harsh that's so cold and unfeeling in so much of its comedy that by the time you get to the ending you're really ready to fully embrace the warmth of it all and totally dive into that sweetness because it's been building up this whole time i mean here we are at the climax of the movie when we're supposed to have scrooge being a better man I mean, I know he's not called Scrooge in the movie, but you know who I mean, Bill Murray being this better changed person. And the way that he's controlling the show and getting the audience to look at him is by having this psycho with a gun holding everyone in the control room hostage. That's right, still going right. on while we're getting our moral lesson at the end of the movie. So it's just it's just so dark in its comedy style. Well, and, that and that's it. It, it works it's, really well. This, it's the comedy. It, this is the first Scrooge you've ever laughed along with. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's we we don't necessarily see Frank Cross, who is who the character that Bill Murray is playing. We don't necessarily necessarily see Frank Cross as in a sympathetic sense, but we he is very dry and funny and cutting. But we laugh along with it, and we sort of laugh him all the way through his transition. So that's a, sort of a departure from say, like the Jim Carrey version of the the Disney one that just came out a few years ago, which is also very dark, but mm. I, don't think as, I don't think it's as entertaining because it doesn't have the redeeming quality of being anything but dark. With Scrooge, it's also really, really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really so, fun. It's just an incredibly fun movie. My number pick. two, my number two pick, unless you want to give a number three, but well, I don't let's, know let, let me Well, you know, let me bounce on to my number three here, Okay, um, which would be Elf. JD's mad at Steve again. JD's mad at Steve again. JD's mad at Steve again. Oh, JD's mad at Steven. Hey! Elf. Okay. I love Elf. I love everything about Elf. I love the fact that it's one of these movies, and you get these occasionally, that it's a newer movie, but it feels like it's been around for decades. Because it, the, the year that it came out, 
it just felt like an instant classic to me. And it's something that I still, I have to watch it multiple times a Christmas season. It's one of the first Christmas movies I have to watch along with Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, just because it, in some ways, kind of like Scrooge, it's um, it's not as gritty of a sense of humor, but there are some more kind of like hard-edged kind of funny elements to it where it's it's fantasy, but it's in the real world. There's a lot of sort of naive comedy about it because of just who Buddy the Elf is. Um, there's really not a whole lot of music, although the theme from Elf is very recognizable. You know, as soon as that movie starts up and you hear that theme, you're like, oh my God, it's Elf! And everyone sits around and you probably watches it. Um, but yeah, I just, I love the writing. I love the characters. John Favreau as a director, I love most of the things that he does, including the new Jungle Book, which you need to see. And I uh, did. I, I know, but you need to enjoy it. You need to watch it until oh. you like it. No, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have open in front of me on my computer right now this video uh, from one of my favorite online movie reviewers who's doing, he, he was doing a panel on uh, movies that you disagree with everyone else on. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't just them doing the panel themselves, but they were like getting the audience reactions. Mm. Um and or not the audience reactions, but the audience's answers. Like the whole idea is all you. It's at a convention, Connecticon, I believe, is what it is. Um, and they, the whole crowd gets involved, and everyone starts, you know, pitching their film that they either love that everyone else hates, or that they hate that everyone else loves. And the the critic Doug Walker, who's one of my favorites and who's been an influence on my work with Muppet Hub, um, one of the first things that he mentioned if not the first was the jungle book movie because everyone else loved it and he thought it was bad all right finally someone else and it's someone who actually is a a critic basically for a living so thank heavens i'm not totally alone here i guess i guess i'm not as into john uh i'm not as into john's work well here's the thing about elf yeah elf is our childhood Everything we loved about Christmas as children, grown up and brought into our adult lives, asking the question, hey, can that sort of sense, can that child still exist in the world that we all live in as adults now and the realities that we all have to deal with? Can that simplicity, is there a place for that simplicity still at any point, even just for a few weeks around Christmas? My, I, I, I am annoyed with Elf largely because I feel like it's been so thrust upon me every Christmas season ever since it came out. Like, ever since it came out... Just be honest, because other people like it. That's why you don't. No, that's... I mean, as as I think you know, there are a lot of things that most people like that I like, too. Um, Really? Well, yeah. Well, what are some of the popular movies that have come out recently? Name one thing everyone else likes and you like. Actually, let's... Name three. Name three things that everyone else likes that I also like. Yeah. Okay, first of all, pizza. It's an already established brand, so <laughs> I gotta love that. I do love pizza. Sorry, folks. That's a little bit of, not quite an inside joke, but a very obscure joke. No, well done. Well, it's, it's not that. If you're listening to this, then you've probably listened to all of Let's Talk Muppets by now. All right, um, so, and that was so pizza, yes, we all enjoy pizza, and so does J.D. If, Hansel. If, okay. okay, so if you want to keep it just to movies and TV shows, and I imagine you do, we can forget pizza for a second. No, um, we could actually open it up to just about everything, because <laughs> I'm still trying to think of two more things besides pizza. 
Do you have any guesses? No, I don't. <laughs> you, you, you really think that I just have the opposite opinion of the popular opinion? Yes, yes. I think percent of the time. I'm of that belief. Yes. I don't know that that's true because when you look at what a lot of the what are widely considered see you don't even share this opinion movies okay of, number ah, two ha, 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 ha. number when two at, when you look at what are a lot of the what's considered the greatest movies of all time number I agree two. with a lot of them The Wizard of Oz okay yeah everyone also loves Wizard of Oz I, I love wouldn't have expected okay great. all right yeah it's, it's a great, great movie. movie it's one of my favorites it's a, it's um, a, is it a Christmas okay do you consider Wizard of Oz a Christmas movie because no. I don't either. But everyone, like, back before TV was magical, they only showed it once a year at Christmas time. Uh, and that's, we all gathered around and watched it like it was a Christmas movie. I remember that the, every year when I was a kid. The reason why is because of the focus on the snow in one of the scenes. That's really key. But I don't consider it to be a Christmas movie anymore. No. And I consider The Sound of Music to be a Christmas movie, and it's not. No, um, no, it's not. It's a good movie I, that I've everybody watches at Christmas. That, but I yeah. also I also like the sound of music. I like singing in the rain. Uh, I love singing in the rain. Actually, I love Casablanca. Okay, but you get um, one movie. Where that's what, what's something that's oh, not a movie? Something that's not a movie that for number one here that I also like. Um, what's in my life that isn't? You can't think of pizza? it. That's no, what's right. What's in my life that isn't movies and pizza though? Like that's. Most of my life right now. Um, I, oh, I know. Journey, the band. Everyone loves Journey. That's oh, a fact. Really? Everyone no, no, it's not. Journey, the band. But you, don't uh, like you know Journey? what? I don't, but I will give you that because everyone, so that, that's one of mine. Everyone but me likes Journey. So you can How be in that camp. How do you not like Journey? How do you not like Journey? Because it's it's perfectly serviceable music. It really is. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I'm done with Don't Stop Believing. I'm right. tired of this song and never need to hear it ever again. Okay, it's the McDonald's cheeseburger of music. All right? It's, uh... it, it's fine for what it is. And sometimes it's exactly what you want. But it's not great. It's, it's, that... it's something that's on every street corner, it's on every radio station, and everyone knows it, but it's not great music. I would think that's maybe more true of the work of Michael Jackson than Journey. <gasps> oh, you just lost a bunch of listeners. I know. Well, here, well, here's the thing that you have to remember. If we're going to be honest about this, and I've heard multiple people who actually pay attention to the pop music industry say this. No one else says this except for people... I've known through my classes in college on music and through watching music critics online and stuff, but once upon a time, everyone said that they didn't like Michael Jackson. It was just a thing that you were supposed to say, no, I don't like Michael Jackson. I don't um, remember that time, but okay. Okay, certainly in the 80s, if you were a teenage boy, certainly in like late high school or college, you weren't supposed to like Michael Jackson in the well, 80s. Well, okay, just the that same way you weren't rule. supposed to like... Like Justin Bieber or um, exactly. what's his name, Bruno Mars. He was the but... same kind of thing. And so a lot of this sense that you weren't supposed to like Michael Jackson very much, even though his music sold very well, was still kind of there until he died. And then suddenly everyone had a resolute, undying devotion to Michael Jackson. I mean, I don't Loved have a resolute, undying devotion to Michael Jackson. But I just recognize when... he's a hell of a lot better than Journey. 
that's when defaming his music became a sin, I think, is when he passed away. Because you could crack whatever jokes about him you wanted to before he passed, but then everything changed. Well, sure. So I like his music a lot, um, but it doesn't speak to me personally. It doesn't really grab me or move me or, or, or anything all okay. that much. I, that being said, I used to really love Beat It and Billie Jean a lot. So not liking Michael Jackson is your number one. No, that's not true. Journey was yeah. your number one pick. Okay. All right. So there are three things, ladies and gentlemen, that JD actually likes that everybody else likes. There you I'm go. impressed. Pizza, The Wizard of Oz, and Journey. There, my tastes aren't all that different from what has been they popular really are. traditionally. They really are, JD. What was popular in the '80s? Ah, uh, let's see. What oh, crap? What was it? Uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Very popular. I like Saturday morning cartoons. Me. Um, let's see. Fraggle Rock was actually I like Fraggle Rock. Was pretty popular. Muppets were actually still pretty popular. Uh, Velcro. Quite on the rise there in the in the eighties. Andy, um, I have no problem with Velcro. Let's see, um, um, let's see. Hmm. Dance pop. Eighties, eighties. Cheesy eighties dance pop. Yes, and I records. Like cheesy eighties dance pop. Records. I like vinyl records. Record stores. Um, I like record stores. Let's see. Um, bananas were popular in the eighties. Steve, um, now you're just making stuff up. Look, uh, th- well, you know, there was there was things like um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yes. Phil Collins. Ar- argue as arguably as popular as Bananas, yes. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah. So see, there's a lot of great stuff. Back so to yeah, the 80s. see things things that are considered iconic. I very often really like. I mean, I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that are coming out right now, and that's mm-hmm. an iconic part of geek culture. I guess. I like Star yeah. Trek, and that's fairly yes. popular in certain circles. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, a lot of the things that are popular, at least in geeky circles, I really do like. Okay. So, All right. and certainly when it comes to music, I like a lot of the pop music from swimming the is popular. You, you 40s, like swimming? 50s, 60s, 70s. And you 80s. enjoy swimming? It's been a while since I've really been swimming. Really? Okay. I, I enjoy it when I'm swimming. I just don't like the preparation of actually having to change my outfit when I've already put on clothes that day. Mm, so yeah, okay. I don't normally mm. swim. Um, hmm. I can easily go all summer without swimming once. So I, I can pass. But when I'm doing it, a lot of times it's nice, yeah. Okay. I like hot tubs, though. Oh, hot yeah. Hot tubs are yeah. something that I like that everyone else likes. So that's another that's... thing. We were supposed to be talking about Christmas movies. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we got off you. track. This is on you. You right, derailed take, me because I'll you insisted that, that I no. never like anything that everyone else likes. All right, all right. What number, was your... two, number two, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I just said it. That's one of my favorite Christmas productions. Not because it's any good, but just because it's so delightfully well, terrible. Well, it's MST, yeah. Right, exactly. It's great. So I, norm- I normally watch the MST3K episode around Christmas time. I- I've been watching it this Christmas. I've almost finished it this year, but of course I'm watching it in parts because I never watch anything in one sitting these days. Mm-hmm. So busy. Um, so yeah, that one's always fun. And of course, I also saw the Rift Tracks live not too long ago. Sure. Just yeah. a-, a year or two ago, I think they did. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians at Rift Tracks Live. I wasn't there in person, but I mean at the theater when they were yeah. doing the simulcast, I was there in the theater and had a great time. It was a delight. I I loved what they did with the special, um, or with the movie, I mean, um, with the streaming thing, the live show. Anyway, my point is I like it. I really enjoy Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It's amazing. I just okay. can't believe it got made. And my number one Christmas movie, you've got to be able to guess this. Hmm... Not Muppet Christmas Carol. Based on yeah, I'm excluding Muppets from this list because we already talked about that. But based on everything I've told you so far, what 
would I love that is at the very least related to Christmas? It's not all about Christmas, but uh, it definitely takes place at Christmas time. Wizard of Oz? No, no, no. It's clearly more Christmassy than that. Um, I don't know. It I'm... opens with Darlene Love's Christmas Baby Please Come Home from the Phil Spector album. Well, it doesn't quite open with that, but that's what plays over the opening credits. I, I still, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Gremlins, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been oh, the... four flipping ever since I've watched Gremlins, so. The Gremlins series is my movie series. That's, I mean, apart from the Muppet series, I really, really mm. get into the Gremlins series. Okay. Oh, you're breaking up again. I can't hear you very well. Oh, that's not good. I mean, I can, I, I'll just talk for a while, and if you say anything else, then I just won't hear it. Um, okay. But yeah, Gremlins, I think, is very special to me, and it, I don't know that I watch it every single Christmas, but I like to watch it more regularly than I like to watch most movies. I think that it's very beautiful and colorful. I love looking at it. I mean, it's just soaked in 80s expressionism. It's got the same small-town feel of Back to the Future because they're using a lot of the same sets. Great puppetry and great special effects. I think Kirk Thatcher was involved in that production. Um, oh, And then, wow. of course... Yeah, and then of course whenever I hear and see the opening credits, I just get soaked right into the feeling of the small town snowy Christmas right away. Um, and then and then of course the uh, one of the characters, at least one of the characters, or one of the one of the I'll say one of the motifs in the film is very very similar to It's a Wonderful Life. You can tell that they're playing with It's a Wonderful Life in the movie because you've got the idea of the guy. Um, who works at the bank. I know that's not the same as in It's a Wonderful Life, but still there's the idea of a Scrooge-like character who makes the protagonist's life difficult, and we focus on the protagonist, which is a sort of It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing. So yeah, I just I just love okay, Gremlins cool. so much. Everything about it just feels so nice and fun. For right. specials, though, it's different. I mean, do you have Christmas movies that you want to talk about? I was going to say, so I, I still need to do number two and number one. So my number two is Home Alone. Okay, that's fair. That's an honorable mention for me. That's really, really funny stuff there. A strong honorable um, mention for me. Just a good moment in time for Christmas movies in the 90s there. And then... Well, Hughes is great, I mean. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, and actually, that was directed by Chris Columbus, which... That's true. Uh, who was the, also the, the director of the first couple Harry Potter movies, I think. And also wrote Gremlins. And, yeah. So, there you go. Nice well, little tie-in. Well, a lot of the charm of Home Alone... And similar movies directed by Columbus around the same time can be felt in the first two Harry Potter movies, which is why those two have the best feeling. Totally. They have the best charm. I totally, really like. yeah. I mean, if he, I wish he had directed the rest of the series. I um, do, too. Yeah, I was surprised I that he didn't. Yeah. And there's even a Christmassy feeling to the first Harry Potter movie, I think, perhaps because of him. Yes. But just because part yes. of the story takes place at Christmas. Um, and it came out at Christmas, and so they probably wanted to associate that a little bit with the season and what was going on. Uh, and then my number one, much like your number one, isn't necessarily a Christmas movie. Uh, that isn't necessarily a Christmas movie, although I can part of barely it... hear you at all right now. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna call you back. Wait, now you just came back in. Oh, okay. So uh, my number one isn't necessarily a Christmas movie, although part of it does take place at Christmas, and that would be The Godfather. But seriously, folks. No, 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 really. The Godfather is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I have to watch it every year at Christmas. And I don't know why that is. I think it's there's like a scene where uh, they're going Christmas shopping. And so, hey, I'm the one that gets to do the size in this one. 
<laughs> All right, you keep Christmas your way and I keep Christmas mine. That's right. No, it's, I don't know why, but there's something that it opens, it doesn't open on Christmas, but it opens in a big kind of party scene. It's a um, wedding. A lot of it happens, yes, it is a wedding. Um, there's a lot of it that happens in sort of cold weather and snowy environments. And so maybe that's why, since I grew up in Ohio and typically around Christmas time, it's a really cold and snowy. Um, maybe it's because I got the DVD for Christmas. I don't know, but I've always sort of associated, especially the first one, with Christmas. What? Well, what what do you like about The Godfather as a film? Because I've never understood why it's so popular. Have you seen The Godfather? Yeah, it's been a couple of years, but I've okay, seen but it. Yeah, I okay, so it I just horribly boring. I just want to make sure you'd seen it. So, um, I think it's I think it's the same reason that a lot of people, not necessarily everyone, but a lot of people, um, kind of like mob movies, and the people who do like them it sort of gives you a sense of what if you could step into a world that didn't have the same restrictions and consequences as the one that you live in you know what kind of if you were someone who had that kind of power what would that what does that life even look like um i think that's sort of a big draw of it i think especially for the god for the godfather i think the characters are written very very well i know you disagree that's fine um, I think the whole thing is very well directed. I think as a movie, its pacing is different from what many other movies sort of fall back to. Um, character development, I just everything about it, I think it just it puts me in a certain place in time. And it's one of the movies that I watch that uh, I've had the experience of just getting lost in the movie. You forget that you're watching a movie. So that's why I okay. like it. Yeah. All right. I'll have to rewatch it then and see what I think. Um, my Christmas special list, though, is a little bit different. I know we got to pick it up because we've been at this way too we long. We do, I didn't yeah. Mean for yeah. it to be such a long show, it's just well. Once we get going, we can. Well, I, you I said you didn't think we had anything to talk about related. I know. To I can't believe I said that. I know. Anyway, my, my specials. Um, my first and my top five. My first two towards the bottom are actually Doctor Who Christmas specials because they've been doing those every year and they've made some good ones. Um, at the bottom of the list is Doctor Who, A Christmas Carol. Again, it seems difficult to do a take on A Christmas Carol that's original. And this is another one in which the story takes place, the, the original Dickens story takes place within the world of this adaptation. Um, and, oh, I just got a text from a friend asking if I recommend Romancing the Stone. Yes, I do. Um, it's a random text message, but he's a random friend. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think that somehow... The Doctor Who Christmas special manages to take something that's been done many, many times and make it original in an even more original way than Muppets or Scrooge did in some respects, only in some respects. Um, and it also feels very, very Doctor Who and very warm and Christmassy and pleasant. And also it has a, a, a sled being pulled through the skies by a flying shark. So that's cool. Um, not a sled, a sleigh, Santa's sleigh. Um, number four, even better than this, I think, is Doctor Who The Christmas Invasion. Um which I say is better mostly because it's the one that made me really love David Tennant's Doctor. Um, and it was really when he was first introduced, and I think that it's... Um, I mean, not quite when he was first introduced, but it's the first time when he actually gets to have a whole episode as the Doctor. So it's really strong and really makes the... It really shows that he's really fun. Um, and it's just interesting as an episode of Doctor Who and then adds some fun Christmas stuff to it. 
So I mostly like it as a Doctor Who episode more than a Christmas special. But I'm including that here because it's really good. And it has Song for Ten, which is a great song from the series that I kind of consider a Christmas song. Even better than that, in my top three spot is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original one, of course, mm-hmm. um, animated by Chuck Jones. That's a classic, and it's so fun and cartoony and sort of Looney Tunesy in the right way, in exactly the right way. Or more like Tom and Jerry, like Chuck Jones, Tom and Jerry, or Chuck Jones, Looney Tunes, somewhere in between in its animation style, mixed in perfectly and seamlessly with the style of Dr. Seuss. So I think that one just works really well, and it's just pleasant. Um, yeah. Above that, I'm actually going to put the Rankin-Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special, because mm, that's yeah. a classic. That's my number three, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's a little bit hard for me to get into that one these days, because first of all, I'm comparing it to the live show that I saw at the Center for Puppetry Arts, so... In a way, it almost seems to take away from the special a little bit because the the live production was so good. Um, and then there's also just the fact that it's um, that it's just weird seeing Santa being such a racist. You know, and that's so. Let's talk about that special for a little bit because <laughs> talk about something that's a product of its time, right? And the cultural yeah. viewpoints and and so you have a a reindeer who's born with a something different his nose glows his father mm-hmm. freaks out yeah um almost like it's a like he's a failure because his child is uh well let's say differently abled so there's one mm. strike against it wow um he's a he's scared that sand is going to see it um but we at this point and I, it's funny because i just watched this the other day too like you kind of think, oh, when Santa sees it, Santa loves everyone. He'll he'll be fine right. with it. No, Santa's also like, oh, you can't be on my team with that. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, we had the special on in the in the family room in our house the other uh-huh. day, um, in a nice you know big open area where everyone could kind of see it, even though we weren't really focused on it. It was kind of in the background. Some of the kids were watching it while some of us older family members were largely out of the room oh, playing games, yeah, board games yeah. and stuff. So it was just kind of there. And then I step into the room right towards the beginning when Santa walks in and ex- and kind of exclaims that he's not okay with the red nose thing and is yeah. really shocked and upset by it. Well, um, and then you go into the, the elves well, wait, workshop. I just, and, well, well, oh, well, oh, no, go, what ahead, was, go ahead. What was fun is I, just because my uncle, who shares my sense of humor, was in the room, uh, I, in my best Santa Claus voice, I just go, I'm a racist. And from the other room where my mom's playing a board game, you just hear, what? <laughs> and then my uncle <laughs> is is trying not to explode with laughter. He's trying to hold it in because <laughs> of the way I just concerned my poor mother. Well, then I was going to say, <sighs> along those lines, then you cut to the uh, Santa's Elves workshop. Every single one of those elves might as well be plucked right out of Boise, Idaho. Well, there's not a, a lot I of variety. Get. No, no, not a lot of variety there. Okay. Um, I think they're all aren't aren't they all like blonde hair, blue eye? Don't they all look they're exactly? All the same. They're they, all, they all look yeah. exactly the same, except for the ones who have speaking parts. Yeah, Santa's big on conformity. He really well. There's the one female elf. I don't know how she made it in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, there are a few female elves. Actually, there's a few. Right. Yeah, there yeah. Are a few. They dance, but yeah, yes, you don't see the are... pink ones as much. No, I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, anyways, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a weird special. It's a weird special. But endearing number, because uh, I watched it when I was a kid, and so, like, right. I still like it, even though I've 
kind of feel a little guilty about it. Well, that's the thing. We're all mentally enslaved to the Rankin-Bass specials. We really are. We, that's the best way to put all it. All the problems um, in our society could be pointed to the... <laughs> anyway. Uh, what do you think my number one is? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Duck Dynasty Christmas special. Um, very funny. Um, <laughs> since we're already here. Since we're already here. Yeah, actually, it's Santa Claus is coming to town right now. I think that's the one that's kind of really with me at the moment. Another one of the Rankin-Bass specials. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I it's I think that that's the one that has the songs and the scenes and the moments that really stick with me and stay in my memory. I mean I, I haven't I haven't seen the Year Without a Santa Claus in a while. I remember really liking that one too. So that's an honorable mention. I just don't know where I would put it on this list. I have to rewatch it. I have it. I just got to rewatch it before I know what I think of it. But Santa Claus is coming to town also has the benefit of a really weird trippy number from Mrs. Claus before she's Mrs. Claus. Greetings from the management of JDHansel.com. We regret to inform you that, at this time, Steve's microphone stopped recording without his knowledge. Much of the conversation between Steve and JD is now lost, but we at JDHansel.com have prepared some fascinating new segments to fill in the gap until Steve joins us again. Coming up soon is the musical part of the program, featuring a new comedy song JD has written and recorded just for this podcast. But first, it's time for the educational portion of the program. JD, as you know, is a culturally ignorant moron, and in his immense narrow-mindedness, he has gone his whole life with virtually no understanding of what Hanukkah is. To give him a cultural history lesson, we arranged an educational meeting for him with Dr. Charles Manikin of the Jewish Studies Department at the University of Maryland, which has been recorded for your listening pleasure. Okay, so I just wanted to ask you really quickly, what exactly is a Hanukkah? I don't really understand. I'm spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica, wearing sandals, lighting candles by the sea. Actually, that's, um, that, that's Tom Lear wrote that. So Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday that has nothing to do with Christmas. Well, that's kind of disappointing. Um, yeah, I know. Um, you know, Christmas is cool. Hanukkah is uh, cool in different ways. It just uh, commemorates the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem in around 60-something BCE after the Jews, had, the Hasmoneans, had captured and the temple from the Syrian Greeks uh, and uh, which, who had polluted it because the guy who was in charge, Antiochus Epiphanes, thought he was God. He put his statue in and all that stuff. He can't do that. It's idolatry. So they got the temple back and they rededicated it and the word Hanukkah just means dedication. I should say that the truth is that in, for example, Jews living in, in Arab countries didn't make a big to-do out of Hanukkah. It is a holiday. The holiday comes from the rabbinic period, if not earlier. It's an eight-day holiday. Uh, there are various customs, but Jews living in Christian lands, because of the proximity, particularly in America, because the the proximity between Hanukkah, which comes generally in December and Christmas, uh, and also for sociological reasons that, you know, Jewish kids saw their, the Christian kids getting presents and having such a good time. So things like presents sort of became part of the holiday. Before the presents in Germany and other places, uh, kids were generally distributed uh, money called Hanukkah Geld. Uh, now they have chocolate coins. 
that people distribute or real coins to distribute or like, you know, like bonds. See, as a Muppet fan, I just like to decorate my Muppet Christmas tree with lots of Muppet ornaments. Can you put like Muppet Christmas ornaments on a menorah or something or is that? Interesting question. Uh, I would think that they probably, if you want to burn them, I think that's probably a good place to put it. Um, there's actually another Jewish holiday, which is a holiday of, of Sukkot, of booths, uh, or where, where you, you, you make a booth or a hut, and you have all sorts of decorations. And sometimes a lot of people put up uh, Christmas decorations. So when I think of Christmas decorations and garish things that you're around, that's the holiday I would think about, which is in the earlier, like in September. In Hanukkah, it's kind of cold. I mean, you know, we, you're not going to put a Judah Maccabee on your roof, like lit up. Uh, so it's it, you don't see that Jews going that crazy about things like that. But again, it's an American influence. Now, you know, because of the influence in America, Christmas tree, people for a while used to buy Hanukkah bushes. I actually have a story. Uh, my mother of blessed memory, because she wanted us to feel that we were American, would put a stocking next to the fireplace on Hanukkah. And I said, Mom, what's this about? We don't believe in Santa Claus. And uh, she said, no, but uh, this is for Judah Maccabee. And Judah Maccabee was one of the guys who threw out the Syrian Greeks to the temple. So he, she said, Judah Maccabee comes down the chimney, which thoroughly confused me at age six. <laughs> like, I can just see this like guy dressed as a Roman from Hollywood coming down a, 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 a chimney. Well, now I know. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Ha Merry Christmas. And Happy Hanukkah. Purple underneath your fingernails Wet snot dripping from your nose Freezing winds wipe the life off your face And you lost feeling in your toes Your hair stands up and then it freezes there Your eyebrows crystallize with ice Then you sneeze, cough and whine So you must try to find your thermometer And check it twice You know a fever is on its way But you still go to shovel snow from your driveway And you keep rubbing and scratching at your thighs Until that weird itchy burning subsides Your knuckles crack and blood runs down your hand It's so cold it hurts to shed a tear So the sights, the sounds And the bodily fluids of Christmas Must be here
Your family's singing, but you're stuck in bed with a red nose like that old reindeer's. The sights, the sounds, and the bodily fluids of Christmas are here. Hi. Okay, I'm recording now. I have two hours free on my card. Okay. So I guess I'm coming in now and talking about uh, my favorite Christmas songs real fast, because I think that's one of the main things that we missed. Um, you were telling me that if... What was it that you said about uh, the orchestra, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? If I liked them, you would have to kill me? Something along those lines? Yes, basically something along those lines. Right, yeah. exactly. Well, you do have a habit of... Um, you know, I mean, it wouldn't exactly be your first... Well, anyway, um, I believe I gave my favorite Christmas instrumentals... Pardon me, sorry, I just ate a sandwich. Um, oh, yeah, in, of course. In the time I was waiting for um, <laughs> uh, for, for the technical issues to be resolved, so I... Yes, it's okay. Still a lot of it. Um, I believe I gave in the 10th spot Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, or as they call it, Fairies by Mannheim Steamroller. Right, right. Uh, right. Snow Pl- Snowflakes by The Ventures, because they have a good Christmas album. God Rest You Merry Gentlemen by Steamroller. Jack the Halls by Steamroller. Linus and Lucy by The Vince Giraldi Trio. Um, o Tannenbaum by The Vince Giraldi Trio. My Favorite Things by Herb Alpert. Frosty the Snowman by The Ventures. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by The Ventures, because that was really fun. And Beatlesy, and then right. number one, Jingle Bell Rock by Herb Alpert. And what I was trying to say about Jingle Bell Rock um, before we ended up getting cut off is that most of it is actually just a fun, bouncy, Christmassy song. Um... And a very Mm -hmm. Herb Alpert kind of song. It's that same kind of feel you'd expect from the Tijuana Brass. Um, Then you get to the end of the track, and it changes in style a little bit, and everything kind of slows down, and you hear the drum beats, bump, 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 bump. Then it's... Uh And from the background, you're hearing... It's, it's is that beautiful. part? Is this is this part of the show? Are we back? This is real. Yeah, we're totally back. This is... Oh, okay. By the way, folks, I'm sorry about it. Was my glitch? So it's it's my fault that we cut out. I'm that one's on me. I just wanted to make sure that we actually did have real audio of you going. Whoa! Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Of course, that exists now. That's okay. Okay. That's a th- as long as that's a thing. I'm it's happy. A thing. It'll it'll probably yeah. make it out there. Yeah. I'm still recording. Right. I'm recording uh, now, yes. Yeah, I'm recording, you're recording, so we're all good there. Yeah, um, okay. Do you have any Christmas instrumentals, or are they just mixed in with the rest of your favorite Christmas songs? No, they're just mixed in with the rest, really. Right, yeah. yeah. So what are some of your favorite Christmas songs? Uh, Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Really? Wham, Last Christmas. No, these are terrible songs. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, there's a... So which Beatle has the best Christmas song? John. Okay. Which is sad. I don't like John as much as the other guys, but his Christmas song does win. Hmm. Because um, Ringo doesn't have one, right? To my knowledge, he does not. George doesn't have one. You can stretch and count My Sweet Lord if you ignore what no, the backup singers are singing. You, you no, just have you to completely can't. ignore no. what the backup singers are singing. That's not a Christmas song. No, um, it's so, so it's, it's just... So John's Christmas song, I like that, obviously. Um, there's a Disney... I, I wish I knew better what the actual album was, but there's a Disneyland Records recording of um, 
Little Drummer Boy, and it's a children's choir. And you hear this on on uh, mainstream radio all the time this year. But it's like a children's choir singing the Little Drummer Boy with older adult male voices going rum, bum, bum, rum, bum, bum. I'm just kind of pedaling that the whole way through. Um, I wish, but everyone who knows what that is, you know what I'm talking about. So I like that one. Um, gosh. I just like Christmas music in general. I love yeah. the Gene Autry, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. Um because I had all these on vinyl as a kid, you know. Okay, so here's a weird one for me, and this is very particular to me, cause not because it's so good, just because it's a part of my childhood growing up. So my dad, I'm, I'm the only musical person in my family. Everyone else is an athlete except for me. My dad is not a musician. He plays no musical instruments, but he does play a heck of a stereo, and he's a record collector. And so part of the tradition if we had such a thing growing up in my house, was uh, when we were decorating the Christmas tree, um, more often than not, he would have a Statler Brothers Christmas album playing on the stereo. And I know most people don't have any idea who those guys are, but um, they're an older country group. I think they're they're five or six of them. I I forget exactly. But um, I'm very used to hearing those songs from the Statler brothers as I'm decorating the Christmas tree. So mm. much so that when we were uh, all over at my parents' house in Arizona for Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving when we we're decorating the Christmas tree, I actually pulled up that album on Spotify and was playing it because we didn't have the record close at hand. So mm. um, so that's some of it there for me. Um, it's easier for me to tell you which songs I don't like because there's a long, long... Okay, List. fine. Top five least favorite, or top three, whichever you prefer, okay. least favorite Christmas songs from Steve Swanson. Um, in no particular order, yeah. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. That's fair. Any version of Last Christmas. I figured you'd say that. Let's see. And I guess I'll just round it off by saying the absolute worst Christmas song ever recorded of all time. Uh, can Can you guess? JD, can you well, guess? Well, I think you already told me it's Feliz Navidad. It's Feliz Navidad. It's a horrible song. It's a horrible song. It's a horrible song. Okay. <laughs> it's it's an anti-song. There's nothing about it. There's just It's you the same verse over and over again. I know I already did this act, but it just... I get so worked up, JD. You have no idea. It's like you trying to explain something that's really important to you. What's what's something that's really important to you that you get really worked up about? That other people don't maybe care so much about, but it's very important for you to explain this to someone. I don't know. No, really, I don't. Really? I don't talk to people enough to have a need to... <laughs> I guess why I dislike Disney Pixar's Up. Right. See, nobody cares about that, but it's so important to you to explain that. That's the same thing with me with Feliz Navidad. Everybody likes a song but me. I get that. But it's just, no. It's like if if Bert was holding his nose and singing, first of all, that's how the singer sounds. Uh, And then it's just, okay, so let me get this straight. The verse of the song is sung in Spanish. And the chorus is exactly what the words from the verse mean, just sung in English. Hold on, let me look up this song real fast. Nobody sees a problem with this except me. 
Well, hold on. I'm but it's really, really kind of just, I, I, I can't listen to it. The only time, there's only two times in my life that I can actually listen to this song. Other times, I will always turn the channel or walk away from it. The first time is at the beginning of, there, there's a Sesame Street Christmas special called uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. I'll endure it then because it's actually, in context, they do it a little bit better than just playing the song. And I believe it's also part of uh, out here in Disneyland at the World of Color show at Disney's California Adventure. I believe that song is part of that show. And I will actually stand there and watch it because I know another better song is, is coming. And they're also doing like cool lighting and water effects to the song. So I can, I can deal with it then. But any other time, that is the worst Christmas song ever written. Okay. In the... How many years? In the 2016 years we've been doing Christmas, that is literally the worst thing ever to have happened. Okay. Wow. All right. So can I talk about the Christmas songs I do like, though? Yeah, sure, go for it. Okay, yeah, I'll try to be quick because at this point we're we're going so long. I didn't mean to go so long with this, but we we I'm very passionate about a lot of this stuff. Um, okay, so I guess I've got uh, just to keep it short. I'm going to cut out several of these songs and just keep it down to about 15. Um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Johnny Mathis. Is I think a very charming one. He does a very oh, good yes. job with it. He has a very nice mm -hmm. voice. Um, Big Bird also does a good version of that. Yeah, Jingle Bells by Lou Monty. Um, Lou's recording, I think, is interesting because a lot of the song is sung in either another language that I don't know well at all, or gibberish, and I can't tell which. Campanella, campanella, zona bella bella, poche feste nata amore, peccata una vesta bella, campanella, campanella, zona bella bella. Okay. It's just, it's very, very fun, it's upbeat, it's fast, it's, it's, it's what you want from a funny Lou Monty song, I think. Um, okay. Above That's that how is, you want your Lou Monty, right? Yeah. yeah. Above that is Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys, because I love Great the Beach song. Boys. Yeah. It's such a Beach Boysy song. Um, mm -hmm. Above that, White Christmas by Elvis Presley. And I'm going with his recording just because I always I always feel like it's Christmas time when I get to make fun of Elvis for going, well, hi, he, hi, he, hi, he, hi, he, dream Because that's the way he does it. That's the way he sings okay, the song. Okay, it's all fine. Just please follow that with Blue Christmas. No, that one's not really up here. On How the many singers can say they've sung songs about two different colors of Christmas? That's true. You got to give it to Elvis for doing the two different colors of Christmas. I mean, has anyone done like a red and green Christmas? Like that would be a weird song. Um, that, that would, would probably be make a terrible of, album. Actually. That would be an awful, terrible idea. Really, yeah. Yeah, let's never do that. Um, no. This next one's weird, but bear with really? me. It's really mm. weird. It's Don't really say obscure. Gremlins. Don't you say Ghostbusters. No. Don't. No, oh, it's, it's not. It's not I from a movie. It's from the internet. I don't want to hear that it's a Smurfs Christmas song. No. What? No. It's by Fafa the Groundhog of Glove and Boots from YouTube. Oh, that's much better. What? Yeah. It's I, there. I, it's Fafa the Groundhog does a recording of Oh Holy Night. That's just really, really. It's it's weird because it's like a super hyper upbeat '80s pop song, and it's a really short track. And his voice sounds really weird on it because he's the puppet character Fafa the Groundhog from Glove and Boots. And then it gets to the harmony part and it just sounds really cool. You're making this up. I'm not making this up. It's just weird and it's cool and I love it. All right, fine. 
You know what? To prove it, play it right here. Sure, right I'll now. Play it right here. Okay, good. So above that is another one from the internet from YouTube. Here we are with my number 10 spot, My Favorite Things by Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox featuring Robin Adele Anderson doing vocals on this track. Love this one. It's a song that just, it's like a lot of Scott Bradley's best work. It just kind of goes all over the place with that piano and just feels so, it just, it it, it weirdly feels a lot like that ice skating scene in in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It just has Hmm. that sort of ice skatey, fun, pleasant feel to it, and it's just all yeah. over the piano. Very nice. Above that, a very charming song, The Christmas Waltz. You don't have to keep saying above that, but we, we know you're working up the okay, list. Okay, sorry. Yeah. The Christmas Waltz by Frank Sinatra. Very charming, pretty song. Oh, yes. Snoopy's Christmas by the Royal Guardsmen, because of course, right? I mean, of it's course, yes. Christmas bells, oh, it's Christ- I mean, it's just another weird novelty song. Not mm-hmm. as weird as the one about Santa Claus meeting the purple people eater. I don't really care for that. That's a little too out there for me. But, you know, Snoopy's Christmas I Can Dig. It's a fun novelty song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marshmallow World by Dean Martin just feels oh, right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so, I mean, it, it's weird because the song is like staggering. The song sounds almost as drunk as Dean Martin probably was when he recorded it. But, no doubt, um, yep. But it's uh, it's it's still good. It's just pleasant. Um Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. I already mentioned it. it's part of the Gremlins Christmas experience. Um, so I guess that is a song from Gremlins there, but it's a it predates but, oh, okay. it. It's Phil Spector. It's, it's, not, from it's not the Gremlins it's, main right, theme, the Gremlins or anything, theme or anything. Theme or anything. No, no. It's an old classic. Um, great production from Spectre. I understand why Brian Wilson considers that to be one of his top two favorite albums. Um, mm. Number five, Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic. One of the Naturally, most Christmas yes. songs ever ever just so so christmasy and so so jolly about something so so dark and that's totally my sense of humor mm-hmm. dead on my sense of humor though the night santa went crazy is an honorable mention it um, is good yeah uh hooray for santa claus from santa claus conquers the martians i've got the al hurt version i think that's really good because it focuses on the trumpet a lot and he's a really good trumpet performer um okay. oh holy night is on this list again but this is the brian wilson recording which is really different and just okay. so cool right. and angelic. And I'm not going to mention my top two songs because, Steve, you would hate me and this podcast would just be over. <sighs> no, really? Okay, then your number two spot is Porky Pig singing Blue Christmas. Never heard and it. And you've never heard that? I've never heard it. Okay, that's one 
look up on YouTube, I Porky Pig, Blue YouTube. Christmas. You will lose your mind. Okay. Uh, and let's see, JD's number one Christmas song. Let's see, how well do I know JD Hansel? Did Journey ever record a Christmas song? <laughs> uh, no, and I don't think any of them were involved in um, hmm, the Band Aid okay. one. Um, did Leonard Cohen ever, or Tom Waits maybe, ever record a Christmas song? Something really like dark and depressing and gritty and awful. Their music is actually not my kind of thing. Um, okay, all right, some people all right. do consider Hallelujah to be a Christmas um, song. Let's see, something equally awful. Um, Taylor Swift. Last Christmas. Uh, no, Taylor uh, Swift. Okay, all right. Um, she is just one of the. I mean, there's. Here's the thing. She's considered this great talent, but give her a song that anyone else has written, and what did she do, do with it? She just the same thing that freaking Hillary Duff did with it. Like, what did she add to Last Christmas? Anything? No. She just made it probably worse than any other recording of that song. Well, okay. If you're given a plate of liver and onions to begin with, it's hard to make chocolate cake out of that. And this is why I wasn't going to mention my number two spot, because it is Last Christmas by Wham. I just, oh. I know, I know what it is. I am well aware that okay, the song you know is what? written more clumsily than any other song of ever. It does not rhyme properly. It doesn't care about rhyming or being written in any way that makes any sense at all. I will all. give you that. I will, I will allow that, because I owned that album uh, on vinyl, Grew up, it's it's not one of my favorites, but okay, I'm familiar enough with it. It's fine. It's fine. What's your number one? You don't want to know. I'm embracing myself. Just go ahead. Come on. You know what it is. Come on. Just You're say gonna it. You're going to hate me. Say it. Say it. Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Ah! Oh, God. <laughs> well, okay. No, that's... Well, it's 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 interesting because um, uh, one of the guys because my Hilling... my favorite is from is John's and your favorite is Paul's. That's fine. That's okay. One, right. one of one of the things that they brought up in the Dillingale Christmas special is the fact that so many people hate Wonderful Christmas Time. But what you have to understand is I get more than any other sound in music. What engrosses me is the sound of a synthesizer, which it's or, nothing what? but that. So. Which, Which yeah. ex that explains both of your top picks, really. That's the thing, is that I don't want to hear anyone else record The Last Christmas by Wham. It's not like, again, it's not like the song is written well. It's just that both of them have a super 80s feel to them, mixed in with a nice, fun, Christmassy vibe, and take me back to being a kid, hearing the, these songs on the radio at night as we went around looking at Christmas lights. Yep. All right. I just love a synthesizer. So much. I'm glad we have that recording now, too. That's good. All right. So there's our uh, our top songs. Yeah. What's, what's next? That's it. That's everything. Can, I've, can we be I've, done? I've confessed more than I ever wanted to in my entire life. So oh, I'm done. That's all I've got. <laughs> can I go eat my dinner now? You can go eat your dinner. Okay, uh, thank you. I already ate my sandwich. Okay, for any of you who happen to listen and somehow managed to stick around this long, thank you for listening. Well, number one, we're sorry. Yeah, number one, we're sorry. Um, number two, never do another Muppet Madness tournament. No, that wasn't the joke. What was it? Never do another presidential election. I'm trying to remember our joke from way back then. Um, oh. It's too long ago. Are we going to do another Muppet Madness tournament or not? Uh, journey's, jury's kind of out on I almost I almost said the journey's out on that. Uh, yeah, I heard that. No, jury's still out on that. Jury's still out. Yeah, I'd say so. I don't have any plans yet, so... Maybe yeah. we should allow fans to vote 
for and whether say or not. If we're going to <laughs> and that'll be the whole turn of it, by the way. <laughs> you, you vote. Wait a minute. <laughs> should Hold we on. Or should we you said that as a joke, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the twenty the twenty seventeen Muppet Madness tournament will be a vote on whether or not twenty eighteen should have a Muppet Madness tournament. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it sure is tempting. Sorry oh, for brilliant. ruining the last tournament, everybody. Didn't mean to do that. Oh, Thought we gosh. were being clever. But anyway, yeah, if you look at MuppetHub.com right now, you can see the article that I put up that's an old essay I wrote around the time I was working on some ideas for the tournament that kind of show some of the thought process behind um, what happened for the 2016 Muppet Madness Tournament. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've already listened to the MuppetCast Muppet Hub Muppet Fanside Christmas special. Holiday special, I say. I should say, but it's mostly Christmas-focused. Sorry. So you've already heard that. Um, and with... Whoa, what was that? I just heard a big buzz, and I think it came from your phone vibrating. So it, it did, my phone buzz. I hate it when we do this thing over the phone instead of over Skype. My phone still buzzes over Skype, you know. It does, but I don't I don't hear it as loudly. That's weird, because it's the same phone. That's true, it is. Never mind. What am I complaining about? Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's all I've got. I'm done. I've got a paper to write for a class. Oh, so. gosh. I'm going to let you all go. Steve's, you know, Steve's from the Muppet cast. You know how to email him at me, at me at MuppetHub.com. You know the deal. And I'm J.D. Hansel. That's wrong. Wait, you said it wrong. You said me at MuppetHub.com. It's not that. I said MuppetHub. I meant to say MuppetCast.com. It's me, M-E, at MuppetCast.com. I could have sworn I said MuppetCast.com, but I get them both mixed up now. It's on tape, so you can go back and check. Well, it's all your fault because I was going to keep doing the usual email that I had before, the jd11pc at gmail.com, and then you were bragging about how me at MuppetCast.com is so much better, so I had to jump on the bandwagon. And that's on you, my friend. I'm tired. I'm rambling. I'm done. Well, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. scene and scene i actually mentioned the um because i just did the good night everybody from animaniacs i might as well tell you that i just told one of my flatmates who is not from around here he's not from america he's from spain um i told him a bit about the animaniacs noel and it was difficult to explain because i had to explain what a well was and what uh. animaniacs were and he had never heard the original song so yeah culture man I mean, our yeah. culture is just so bathed in itself right now. But that's always a fun one, too. I didn't mention it as one of my favorites. I don't think it is. But every now and again, it's fun to look up the Animaniacs know well. Absolutely. Anyway. Well, it, it is all on Netflix, so that's true. That's one Any- of the ones I have to watch. Anyways, anyway, yes. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm going to let you go. But if you can, just send... Uh, I'll send you all the stuff. All of the audio. And also, if you can send me the MuppetCast theme, 
that would help. And if you happen to have that audio, I texted you the about Muppet before. Cast theme or the yeah, I'll send you that the Muppet Cast theme or the um, the Christmas one I was going to use. Oh, you have a Christmas Muppet Cast theme. Well, I was just going to use the um, the Sesame Street. We wish you a Merry Christmas. The, right, but doesn't doesn't that lead into the Muppet Cast theme, or do you never do the no, Muppet Cast theme? No, oh. I, I usually don't. For okay. Christmas. So I'll, I'll I, happily send you everything, but you know, I'll just send you everything and I'll let you make the call. Okay. Do you know if you have the old recording from that other show I texted you about that ancient uh, cast episode from over the one eighty five? I, yeah. I think I do. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to whenever check you on get around too. to it. If it takes you another few weeks, that's fine. I don't care. You've, well, I I should be able to do it. But we'll see. yeah. You've done enough. You've given enough to me today to work with. <laughs> so uh, all right, man. Then again, this will be the second episode of the Muppet Cast that I've edited. Um, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> all right, talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.